0: online at mypremierortho.com.
1: Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg, editor of The Herald-Times and the co-host of this program with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And today we're going to talk about lifelong learning. We have three guests with us in the studio. Kyla Cox is here. She's the Director of Communications and Engagement for IU Bloomington Continuing Studies Susie Graham is the director of the Center for Lifelong Learning at Ivy Tech. And Mary Gardner, the coordinator for senior programs at Purdue and for both Walla and Elder Hostel, Purdue Extended Campus. If you have questions or comments today, you can phone us at 855-0811. Or toll-free, 877-285-9348. Or you can go to the website, wfiu.org slash to jo- join a live chat. And also you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. So welcome to all of you. Thanks for being here. It's our pleasure. Yeah, and Mary, thanks uh, for driving all this way from north of Lafayette to north of West Lafayette, I should say, all the way down to Bloomington. It was a good drive. Good. Well, we're glad to have you here. So I I wanted to just start out by asking for a definition from all three of you on lifelong learning. How would you, Mary, how would you define lifelong learning?
2: For me, it's a way of keeping in touch with what's going on with the world. Mm -hmm. We feature all kinds of classes and opportunities, and it's also a social time. At our campus, especially, we find that people have been brought there to West Lafayette or Lafayette. One parent, because the other uh, spouses died, faculty will bring their parents there, and they're left, don't know anyone, their own age. We have filled that gap.
1: Mm-hmm. and
2: that's one of the blessings
1: uh-huh. of this. Okay. Susie?
2: Well, I think
0: looking at it in the context of Ivy Tech as a comprehensive community college, it's just part of our larger mission to be providing educational opportunities um, that are seamless, that are open access, no barriers to entry. So it's it's our way of delivering um, learning opportunities that are not tied to a degree. So we have programming for children as young as age three and all the way up through the same audience that Mary is serving uh, through senior programming.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And Kyla?
3: Well, I think that uh, lifelong learning really encompasses um, any form of learning that continues throughout your entire life. And for us uh, at IU Bloomington Continuing Studies, you know, we're extending those resources of IU Bloomington to the surrounding community. And I, I think that um, it's, really, it's really important that people not only enrich themselves personally, which we offer a lot of programs specifically for that, but also connect to the world around them. And with it being ever-changing, lifelong learning is really a critical part of our lives. We can't stop at the end of high school. We really have to continue on.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, if you could sort of um, explain, there was a little bit of confusion about continuing studies. Uh, There were some funding cuts. The program was cut system like, Can you explain what happened?
3: Yeah. Actually, uh, right now, um, the university is continuing to assess all of the School of Continuing Studies programs, which actually is different from what IU Bloomington Continuing Studies does. IU Bloomington Continuing Studies is Uh, an office that's here to have a relationship with the campus and the surrounding community specifically. The School of Continuing Studies, their focus is system-wide, meaning that they are actually uh, working with students that are all across the nation and the world. We are working with participants here locally. So our programs continue. Um, The uh, university is uh, assessing those programs from the school, and they're uh, continuing to seek ways to uh, deliver those opportunities and possibly create some new opportunities. So it'll be something that we watch evolve, and I'm sure there will be no- more news about that later. But in the meantime, it's important that everyone knows that IU Bloomington continuing stays programs that they know, Lifelong Learning, Leadership Bloomington, Monroe County, Mini University, uh, our General Studies degree program, all of those are continuing. Mm-hmm. The uh,
1: – the- Continuing Studies is celebrating 40 years this year. That's right. Correct? So how has it evolved over those 40 years? Can you explain? I know you sure. haven't been
3: here for all those 40 years. But. <laughs> well, I don't know what gives it away. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that, that is true. We've been around since 1971, and it actually began with the non-credit course catalog, and that has since become our lifelong learning catalog that everyone probably recently received uh, by mail. But uh, we started that way. We then evolved to mini-university, which is a week-long learning base that we do here at the IU Bloomington campus. And then we added to that the general studies degree program and also leadership Bloomington-Monroe County.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Mary, you're involved with Elder Hostel. Correct. And Kyle has got the mini university. How are those two programs different? Can you?
2: They're alike in a lot of okay. ways. But um, we, we became involved with Elder Hostel many years ago I've offered them on campus for eighteen years. And the WALA program then is an offshoot of that.
1: Yeah, you should probably define Walla for
2: Okay. It's Wabash Area Lifetime Learning Association. And it is separate. I I just happened to be the liaison with the university. When it was started by Elder Hustle, you needed an academic uh, connection. Now there are lots of ILRs Institutes for Learning in Retirement that stand alone, and um, so Elder Hostel. Uh, we offer many different programs, and I we were just talking many times over the years. They've been the same week <laughs> with uh-huh. <the laughs> mini University at IU. Um, I'm hoping to correct that in the future because we serve the same audience, Mm -hmm. and Elder Hostel, of course, has been in existence since 75 Mm -hmm. worldwide Mm -hmm. and so it's an honor to be connected with that program
1: so for those who aren't that familiar with the elder hostel what is it exactly is it a whole is it a week of programming
2: it can be any number of things at purdue it is a week Mm -hmm. there are some that are weekends there are some that are three days and it is a wide variety of programs, service programs. There are cruises. There are hikes. I mean, national parks have them. And what you do with Elder Hostel is feature your area's best things. Mm-hmm. At Purdue, it's research. And um, then, of course, we throw in uh, our local culture along with it but elder hostels started when a man went to norway and lived in hostels and observed that the elders there were teaching children their folk tales and traditions that knowledge then, and that idea then came back to this country, and they started to do that. And so it means that if we were having one in Indiana, we would feature Indiana traditions. Mm-hmm. If, and it has blossomed over the years. It's worldwide.
1: Is there an age uh, limit or an age requirement?
2: Um, I, it used to be 55, but you could come as a um, guest Younger than that, but we all have wrinkles.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some more than others. Yes, that's right. Now, I
2: always say I don't yeah. uh, distinguish between age spots and yeah. that sort of thing.
1: Okay. Um, Kyla, before I – I'll get Susie back in this conversation soon, but <laughs> um, many, many university is a little different from that.
3: It right. is. It really is focused on the resources here at the IU Bloomington campus. Uh, we have – usually over 100 of IU's finest faculty teaching courses, uh, short-duration courses during the week. And uh, then we also uh, do this in partnership with the IU Alumni Association, and they coordinate a lot of social activities. So there are similarities, um, but many university is displaying all of the great things um, that are going on here at IU Bloomington, specifically. So
1: can you name a couple of your favorite classes? I know that'll be difficult.
3: Oh, my. Well, um, one of our uh, favorite professors, Marjorie Hershey, usually does a course (laughs) on... Of the show politics and yes <laughs> that one is amazingly popular and just wonderful every every year so that's something everybody comes back for um, Peter Jacoby mm-hmm. he also uh, has quite the following uh, for his music courses and then we usually do a course in conjunction with the Lilly Library um, and that is always fascinating it's amazing to find out. The treasures that are here, you know, just right down the road in in the Lilly Library building. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to that every year too.
1: Okay, our phone numbers again: eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. You can go to our website wfiu.org dot slash noon edition to have an online chat, and you can also follow us on Twitter at noon edition. Susie, you have a you brought in this. Uh, if we were on TV, I could show this nice course catalog for the fall of two thousand eleven. And uh, people who have not seen it might be surprised to know that it's uh, let's see, 62 pages in this course catalog. There are all sorts of courses. Um, you know, how do you go about putting together a a lifelong learning program like this? I mean, Ivy Tech obviously has you know a campus with and extended campuses because you can't get your new building with all sorts of uh, you know faculty and, and staff there. But how do you do this? Lifelong lear- learning thing.
0: Well, it's, it's a combination of things, a combination of people, uh, a combination of partnerships. We, I don't do it alone. I have wonderful staff working with me. Um, we have a um, – now that we are – now that the college has uh, moved in and we are now the permanent stewards of the John Waldron Arts Center mm-hmm. – uh, that's where our base of operations is, and because we're there, we have a lot of very talented people who can help us pull together the programs that relate to um, the arts, of which we offer quite a bit. It actually makes up about 40 percent of what we do now, so it's grown considerably since we moved in. But um, the other classes, they come together in a variety of ways, and Kyla could you know, corroborate this, as could Mary, I'm sure um, – people come to me sometimes and they may have an idea for a class. Sometimes I just, I have an idea based on what I see going on in Bloomington. Um, and then we, a lot of times we we will partner with other groups who have the facilities or the infrastructure to offer the kinds of things that we want to do that we otherwise wouldn't be able to. And a good example um, is um, Hoosier Hills Career Center. We've been offering classes there for quite a while. We offer incredibly popular welding class now i will tell you very honestly welding does not uh, this is a bad pond light my fire but people (laughs) a lot of people sign up and these classes always fill um, whether they're doing it uh, to to uh, support a trade that they're in or for artistic reasons or because they like sparks, I'm not sure, but welding is a, a good one. And we couldn't do that without our partnership at Hoosier Hills. Um, we also partner with uh, – we have a new partnership with the Bloomington Playwrights Project, uh, which is allowing us to offer uh, youth – uh, theater youth programming uh, that involves theater and and that uh, flavor of education if you will which is opening up things tremendously as we get into the younger age group as well as I was mentioning we offer programming in partnership with a um, there's a, a woman in Northern Orange County named Judith Burton who has this beautiful homestead there and she's opened it up to us to allow us to take classes further afield uh, just slightly beyond our service area. So it's a combination of things. It's luck. It's good timing. um, And it's great, incredible, great support uh, from the college itself. Uh, When the chancellor originally sort of chartered us back in 2006, uh, obviously we were going into an unknown area because Ivy Tech and Bloomington had never been that robust in this area of programming. We'd always had some flavor of, of continuing education. But with a lot of support on that end, we've just been able to grow it and have had double-digit growth since we started five
4: years ago.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, I, want to, I have a couple follow-ups for you, but we have phone calls. Let's go to Roger on the phone first. Roger?
4: Hello. Um, yes, I appreciate hearing the clarification that uh, the Division of Continuing Education isn't going out of existence uh, because I have uh, appreciated the many university courses that I've attended twice, but you've got to be here the right week of the summer to do that. And I have long thought that we ought to have something like that going on year-long. And found a friend in uh, Boston, in Belmont, who um, is involved in Harvard University, Division of Continuing Education, Institute for Learning and Retirement. That's H-I-L-C, Harvard Institute for Learning and Retirement. It costs about the same for a whole semester as it does for many universities. And they have things like globalization, William Shakespeare, Taoism, uh, poetry of Frost, Dickinson, and Whitman, um, the history of the CIA. And they find people who are retired who can uh, lead these courses. And so I'm hoping that um, in the process of study, you'll find that it isn't just retrenchment, but you can reach out with um, semester-long courses that people in the community and lead.
1: Okay, well, Kyla and, and Mary, I think, can respond to this.
3: Yeah, I'm really glad you brought this up because uh, we have the Lifelong Learning Program that we offer, and we do offer that throughout the year. Most of the courses are offered either in the fall or the spring semester, and you can register for them. Many of them are very similar to what we do in many universities. So for those of us who are here all year round, we can take advantage of learning from the faculty members at IU Bloomington. And then we also do have some uh, community experts and those uh, faculty members who are retired, but they would like to continue to teach for our lifelong learning program who participate in that. So I would definitely encourage uh, anyone who's interested in having that mini-university experience throughout the year to check out our website at continue.indiana.edu.
1: Are those usually a, a one-week course, or are they longer?
3: They vary. They often meet maybe three or four times over the course of, you know, two to four weeks. Uh, but it just depends on the type of course. We have some day trips where you do one meeting before the day trip, and then on a Friday or Saturday take the trip and, and actually see the site.
4: Mm-hmm. I think cool. I was just reading the wrong catalog because most of the things that I saw, not only in Ivy Tech but at, at IU, seem to be kind of um, uh, crafts and Things and practical stuff, rather than the academic. Uh, uh, the, you know the the major themes of. Western culture is what I'm, I'm hoping you do have some of that.
3: We do, yeah. Actually, uh, the IU Bloomington Lifelong Learning Program is very focused on that side of things. We all, all of the lifelong learning partners in the community focus their resources on certain areas, and we're more focused on uh, those courses in the humanities and some of those subject areas that IU is very strong and in. You expect those to continue. Oh, yes, definitely, yes.
1: All right, Mary, how about a Purdue.
3: I've forgotten his original question.
1: (laughs) Well, Roger was just interested in in seeing that something would happen for a semester.
2: Right. Um, Our classes, as opposed to Elder Hostel, but our WALA classes, are peer-led, a lot of them. um, I think he mentioned that um, we have experiences that we like to share. A lot of the people who come to our classes... Um, are retired. Um, we are very fortunate also to have a partnership now with uh, several of the departments on campus. Uh, American Studies, for instance, and their grad students are getting great experience in teaching by coming to teach for us. We have a lot of. Um, engineering classes. Um, I think you mentioned the library before, and one of the classes that we are having this fall is accessing and preserving the records of our past civilizations for future generations. And so we're going to be going back through the ages from stone tablets to the digital age. So one of the things that we're doing this fall is... um, based on civil war um, with that celebration coming or that not celebration but centennial coming up last spring we featured um, Prophetstown town and battleground because of the 125 years it will be November of the Battle of Tippecanoe and so we have um, a wide variety but academic we do have some crafts also because people are interested in learning that one of the things that i've found is going has been the most popular this fall is a class about smartphones and i tablets and that sort of thing we're all afraid i mean i'm afraid of them but there are people who are willing to learn about them
1: Mm -hmm. okay uh we have another phone call let's go to stan hey stan Hi, um,
4: I came in late, so if this has been covered, please uh, excuse me. I graduated college over 50 years ago, and I'd be interested in, in uh, auditing a grad course that, you know, is seriously dealt with um, literature, uh, and I don't know whether that is even available anymore. I, I don't want a general discussion. I, I want to be present when hard Subjects are discussed, and I wondered if that's available at IU.
3: That could be available. Uh, The graduate school does have a non-degree program that they offer for those who wish to enroll in a graduate-level class but are not pursuing a graduate degree, so you can uh, check that out uh, by contacting the graduate school at IU Bloomington. And just so everyone knows, uh, you can reach any number at IU Bloomington if you call the IU Bloomington Information Line, which is 855 IU IU or 4848. And you can get connected to uh, those other departments. But it sounds like that may be possible. As far as auditing, uh, if you were wanting to do that, you'd probably need to contact the instructor teaching the course. But uh, we do have a non-degree program for the graduate level.
1: Great. Thank you. All right, Stan. Thanks a lot for the call. 855-0811, 877-285-9348, 855-0811, 877-285-9348, and wfiu.org slash noon edition. Susie, I want to go back to you for a minute. Uh, when you uh, talked about the, you know the wide range, and you know I mentioned the sixty two page catalog. There's a wide range of courses that are taught. I mean, how many of them are people that just come to you and say, "Hey, I think I'd kind of like to teach this. I think the community would enjoy it." And how? And where do you where do you come in? Where you maybe look for gaps in the in the in the schedule and say, I think we could use this.
0: Yeah, well, I can't I can't give you a, a number yeah. or even a percentage um, early on, uh, as we were just getting going. A lot of it was what I was putting out on the table, and um, as we became more established in the community and more people were coming to us for classes, that generated an awareness amongst potential instructors to come to us as well because they saw what we were offering, and then they had additional ideas for classes and the like. So um, that's kind of how it, it has come together. Um, interestingly, not all classes um, that you know we put out there are going to make it and, and do very well. And again, I'm sure Mary and Kyla could you know, say the same things. But there are some that have surprised me. I, there was a class early on that I just thought was a shoe in I thought this is going to be a hit. Uh, It was a class centered on Indiana, or excuse me, uh, Indiana high school basketball Mm -hmm. and the gymnasiums around the state and the lore that accompanies all these. And the instructor was going to be a gentleman who has actually written a book about this. His name is Dale Lawrence. And I had it all packaged and I thought, this is it. And you know, the first time we put that out there, I think I had two registrations. And okay, I thought, well, maybe we didn't market it well. Second time we put it out there, I didn't get any. And I just was surprised. And I, don't, I still don't know to this day why it didn't work, which is to say that we don't always know what's going yeah. to fly. Sometimes a class is very, very popular. As I said, the welding goes very well. Personally, doesn't interest me, but there are a lot of people who do like it. And I'm sure, you know, Mary and Kyla could tell similar stories. So a lot of it is a gamble. You just have to take an educated guess. Some of it's your gut. And it's, it's a combination of those people coming to you and you throwing things out there.
1: Mm-hmm. What, how many people do you need to put a class together? I mean, is there a minimum number of students here?
0: It, it depends on the class. It depends on the, the materials that are needed. There are a whole host of factors that go into figuring a cost. We typically build a class for around... Uh, ten people and uh, you know just depending on how it shakes out we just we don't want we're not out there to make money but we don't want to lose money obviously we need to break even on our classes so go ahead
2: Mary. Um, Our situation is a little different because WALA is an incorporated uh, entity and Purdue uh, supplies me to coordinate them I was one of the originators but we do not have that restriction on numbers, um, and um, we 're able to um, budget i guess you would say accurately enough that it evens out mm-hmm. um, and they over the years they 've <clears throat> we are have been in um, the classroom for nineteen years, and so we have a have A.V. equipment. We have um, all of the things that we need. We rent space. And um, so it isn't a matter of having to have a certain number of people. If there are five people who wanted to take that class and the instructor would devote his time to it, mm-hmm. it would go.
1: So Dale Lawrence could bring that class on exactly. gymnasiums to Purdue. Yeah. and
2: If he wanted to be black and gold. (laughs) Yeah, right,
1: right. Okay, we're going to have to take a short break. Um, You're listening to Noon Edition. We're talking about lifelong learning today with uh, our three guests in the studio representing IU, Purdue, and Ivy Tech. Uh, We'll be right back.
5: This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net and from Premier Ortho, online at mypremierortho.com. You can take WFIU with you by downloading podcasts directly to your PC, Mac, or MP3 player. Programs such as Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, and short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Play and Opera Reviews
1: Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times. Uh, I'm talking with three people today. We have three guests in the studio. Susie Graham, the director of Ivy Tech's uh, Bloomington Center for Lifelong Learning. Um, Also... Uh, Kyla Cox, Director of Communications and Engagement for IU Bloomington Continuing Studies, and Mary Gardner, who drove all the way down here from north of West Lafayette. She's the coordinator for senior programs at Purdue and for both Walla and Elder Hostel Purdue Extended Campus. If you have questions or comments please phone us at 855-0811 or toll free 1-877-285-9348 You can go to our website wfiu.org slash noon edition for a live chat and you can follow us on Twitter at noon edition. So, is there a, a typical kind of person that would participate in your continuing studies programs? Is there any way to generalize? Mary?
2: I have found that Um, we attract a lot of widows and widowers who are looking for something they need to get up and do every day. They like the social aspect. There's always coffee or tea or hot chocolate in the hall. And we have a lot of other social activities, um, maybe a day trip following a class, um, or we do a movie retreat that is a couple of nights in a state park. And so They have become, our classes are um, four weeks in the fall and four weeks in the spring, then with other activities Mm -hmm. inside it. And so these people are retired, still active mentally and physically, though we have several with wheelchairs, we've had blind people, we are able to accommodate the handicapped, and that makes me feel. Very good. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we have um, our own equipment, then we have a couple of people with hearing disabilities, and we're still able to do that. So it's people who don't want to sit home, don't want to play cards, don't want to watch TV all day, want to be out, want to learn something new, and be out among them.
1: Mm -hmm. And your programs are geared towards seniors.
2: All
0: seniors. Right, Right,
1: right. Right. Okay. And Susie, your, your situation is a little different.
0: It is different because our audience is so broad, as I mentioned earlier, young children all the way up through um, senior citizens. So there's not a typical student, but I would say that they all, certainly our adult learners, they all share in common um, a desire to to you know follow a dream maybe that they've had. They've always wanted to learn to paint, for example, or they've been afraid to put pen to paper and you know, test their writing skills, things like that, and we just provide a, a very safe, non-threatening environment. As I said, there's no barriers to entry to these classes, so they don't have to take any assessments or put forth any SATs or anything like that, and nor are their grades associated with it. It doesn't go on any transcript, so it's a very non-threatening um, environment, but one that's that has enough rigor that at the end of the class, that hopefully they've achieved what they came to that class to do.
1: Yeah, can I learn to fix my car and build stuff?
0: You you can not not every semester, but sure you can. Yeah, <laughs> because
1: we I may do be checking you out there. Yeah, we need to we
0: need to toss it up. <laughs> yeah, uh, right.
1: Now, now, now I know you do have a lot of cooking classes, right? Is that has that become more popular with the, you know the advent of the Food Network and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things?
0: Well. I can't speak to that. I've been with the college for five years and been doing this that whole time. And, of course, Food Network came on long before then. Um, but that's another one of the partnerships that we have. We, we work with Jan Bula Baker and Matt O'Neill to offer those classes in a location that is accessible for everyone, right in the heart of downtown. It's a two-hour class, and it's another one of those partnerships that works very well for us because it meets the needs of the cooking school, but it also gives us some more variety to have in our catalog as well. Mm-hmm. It, are they more popular I, I, I don't know if they're more popular <laughs> because of Food Network. I do think that cooking has been elevated uh, to a different form than it was maybe as we all knew it as our mothers cooked in the kitchen.
1: Right. And, and Kyla, have you seen any trends in terms of the topics that people are interested in?
3: Well, uh, we offer a number of topics that uh, grab the attention of our participants. And, you know, our programs are so diverse that our, our audiences are incredibly diverse. Um, we do uh, programs, as I mentioned before, in the humanities. Uh, we have a course coming up on the Kennedys. Uh a lot of our political courses are very, um, very well attended. We also have a uh, digital photography courses that are extremely popular as well. And we have some of those coming up. And then uh, we do have some uh, professional development courses, uh, either through our lifelong learning catalog in uh, event planning or web design, but also the uh, Leadership Bloomington Monroe County program, which is really there for professional development, but also uh, to engage participants in the community and what's happening and Allow people to grow into a leadership role mm-hmm. here in the community, and so um, all of those attract people that have different motives and different reasons for, for taking the course. Yeah, I want to
1: talk about that a little bit. Uh, Mary Catherine didn't make it uh, with us today; she's out of town. And but she, you know, she used to be the director of the program, and now you are the director of the Leadership Bloomington Monroe County program. Um, and I just want to you know I'm a graduate from way back when, and so Susie. Wanted to talk to you about, you know, just you know how that program works. I know it goes for like seven months, is it? That-
3: it does. Yes. It starts in October and ends in April. And truly, the classroom is the community. So we go out and hold courses in different places around town, and it gives uh, everyone an opportunity to get to know our community better. And when I say that, a lot of people uh, make the assumption that this really is only for those who are new to Bloomington, that, that that would be the ideal participant. But I went through the program a few years ago, and I am from Bloomington, was born at Bloomington Hospital, and I was amazed at how much I learned going through that I thought I knew uh, what was going on and realized that there there was a lot more to the story than what I had seen myself. And it really um, not only gives you information about the community and IU and the other resources, but also um, gives you the encouragement to be active in that community and find your your role. And uh, I, I just, I can't say enough about um, that program and the fact that really, for anyone who has an interest in being involved in Bloomington and Monroe County in general, uh, they should consider and,
1: consider. and I know that in, uh, back when I was in the program, and I, Susie was in it like the year after I was, I think, or...
0: 88 89 yeah. around there
1: well yeah, I was below before okay. that <laughs> anyway um, there wasn't quite the emphasis put on uh, diversity that there is now and uh, and when I say diversity I, I don't mean just uh, racial and ethnic diversity but also socioeconomic diversity because I think you have scholarships how's that been working out
3: it's been working you know, out really well it, you know not only do we have um, courses on Diversity, but we also encourage diversity among the class, and we do that through the scholarships that we offer so that we have representation not only from the business community but also from the nonprofit sector and from the government sector and some of those areas. Also, uh, individuals who are um, looking to uh, maybe uh, find work and they want to figure out where they would be um, best placed. But they, they're not sure they can, they can afford the program. The scholarships are there for those who wouldn't otherwise be able to participate.
1: So you have people – I mean it seems to me that, that that program attracts people who maybe are wanting to get – I know that you – know, I speak to it every year. So I've seen people who have gone on to be in politics locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people who are retired and just want to learn a lot more about the community and to see where they can plug in, and then maybe young professionals who want to get their name out there so that they can improve their business skills. Is that pretty mm-hmm. accurate?
3: That, that, is, that is pretty accurate. It really covers uh, a broad spectrum.
1: And I think social services, as you said, are very active also because they want to expand their network of people. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, our phone number is eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. 877-285-9348 wfiu.org/slash noon edition is our website. You can go there for a live chat. Um, I want to talk about costs for a minute. How much does it cost to participate in Mary First Year Program? Uh,
2: sixty dollars, and we have for Walla. We have um, twenty-six classes. Your time schedule would allow you to take twelve for the sixty dollars. It's a flat rate, so it's four weeks for sixty dollars this particular time, we have some mini-classes, which are um, four days instead of eight. Then the elder hostel, of course, is different. We have commuters who live in the area who come, don't sleep in our dorms, but go home at night. And that, of course, is less expensive. The elder hostels then... um, I've forgotten what the cost is, but it's in the catalog. But that an elder hostel program, all of your food, all of your entertainment is there once you hit West Lafayette, mm-hmm. Purdue campus. And, and how,
1: how far do people come from? To, are, and that's one question. And the second one is, are they a lot of Purdue graduates that want to come back to campus?
2: I'll answer the second okay. one first. We do attract Purdue alums, and a lot of them come back and are amazed at what has gone on since they have gone. Sometimes it's their first time back. We have them coming from both coasts every year, from Florida, New Hampshire, California, ca- Canada, Hawaii. So we, we of course, have the most from those central area where they can drive there in six or eight hours. But we also have them flying in from all over. So Mm -hmm.
3: it's been a wonderful melting pot.
1: Mm -hmm. Kyla, same question about mini university.
3: Yeah, mini university does attract people from all over the nation. Uh, We do have uh, quite a large group, though, that comes from this area. Usually it's um, nearly a third of the participants are from nearby um, to Bloomington. But uh, we, we have people coming from, you know, California, coming from uh, – we've had a few participants, you know, internationally from Canada come down. So uh, it really, really brings people to the campus. Um, and, you know, we don't necessarily see only alumni either. In fact, um, it's, you know, usually close to about half and half.
1: Yeah. And what, what about the cost?
3: The cost uh, varies just depending on the program. Um, It just Mm -hmm. depends on how much the program Mm -hmm. costs to operate. But we do actually have some free courses coming up in celebration of our 40th anniversary. And that will happen uh, during the week of September 12th. We have an interior design class, a digital photography class, and a beer appreciation class (laughs) that we are doing uh, for free in in different areas of the community. So uh, we're looking forward to being able to do that. And then also, of course, celebrating um, Lifelong Learning Week that's coming up.
1: Who's teaching? Beer appreciation.
3: It's Ed Herman. Mm-hmm. He's an anthropologist who uh, specializes in the history of beer, but he also uh, is a former brewmaster, so he has a lot, a lot to say okay. about beer.
1: All right, and Susie, how about the cost of your program?
3: Well, it's a wide range. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: probably the least expensive class is eighteen dollars. That's one that we offer at Beltrace, which mm-hmm. is a senior living community here in Bloomington, and it's. Intended initially for the residents of Beltrace there, and we usually have about 40 people who come to those classes. But those who do not live at Beltrace are certainly welcome to participate as well. But then we offer classes, you know, all the way up into hundreds of dollars, uh, generally as they relate to professional certifications. So if someone is wanting to um, Obviously, advance their career through acquiring a, a you know a, a certification that's going to help place them for you know promotion or increased pay or whatever. Those courses generally are are higher price, so four or five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm.
1: What what has the acquisition of the Waldron meant for your program?
0: Well, for for my program, it's meant a dramatic change. Um, we moved in about a year ago, and prior to moving in, we offered only a handful of arts related courses because we didn't have a facility that was intended for arts instruction we didn't have for example a ceramic studio Um, as we moved into the waldron all of a sudden we had that we had large studio space where we could be teaching a variety of different kinds of arts classes Uh, we inherited quite a bit of equipment a lot of it we've not made use of yet but that may happen jewelry making soldering those kinds of things Um, but it has grown now to occupy about over 40 percent of our total programming is now related to arts as it uh, as they happen there in the waldron itself Mm
1: -hmm. okay Kyla, you mentioned uh, september 12th is lifelong learning week do all of you have uh, programs of any kind that you're planning for the week
3: Well, we do have a number of programs by a number of partners. Um, Actually, uh, Susie and I are part of the uh, Bloomington Lifelong Learning Coalition, which is made up of a number of partners that specialize in lifelong learning in some way, shape, or form. So we have uh, programs happening from IU Bloomington Continuing Studies and Ivy Tech, as well as the um, City of Bloomington Parks and Recreation People's University. And then uh, we've partnered with a number of other uh, people in the community, um, the Monroe County Public Library is always a great partner for us during Lifelong Learning Week, of course. And uh, we have a number of um, free classes, very affordable classes, just generally things going on. Our theme this uh, year is uh, food for thought. So uh, most of the classes have something to do with food and what is happening with our our food sources. One of the... likely very popular programs that's going to happen is on Thursday, the 15th, we have um, Mark Winnie of the National Food Security Coalition coming to Bloomington to speak on America's food system, a cause for concern and a time for action. So uh, that I'm sure will be a draw. That'll be happening at the Monroe County Convention Center at seven Mm
1: -hmm. that night. Okay. Susie, anything to add to that?
3: Well, we have, certainly, our, we
0: have courses um, that we're highlighting that week as well. One of our cooking courses, the a pasta class, uh, we're previewing a class on sustainable living, um, which is focusing on raising poultry. Um, so we have a Owen County farmer who comes and teaches that, which is mm-hmm. um, works out really well for us. I, I want to mention something about the coalition that Kyla referenced a moment ago. I don't know how unusual it is, but certainly in my interactions with other lifelong learning professionals, they are, um, I guess the word is in awe that this kind of um, cooperation can exist because, as Kyla mentioned, there's the the public library, there's IU, there's Ivy Tech, uh, I, we had, uh, or People's University, of course, and we've had some other partners over the time, but uh, the fact that we meet regularly, we come together and we, uh, we talk about shared issues and Collaborating on different kinds of uh, activities that we can do to elevate the level of lifelong learning for the community overall. And, in fact, we're engaged in a, a pretty large endeavor right now on um, seeing if we can move Bloomington forward as a learning community, uh, which is an a, a actual designation. Uh, but I even presented on this once at a conference, and the people in the room, their, their jaws were literally hanging open. they It was incredulous. They were incredulous that people who are otherwise competitors, could come together and to have that kind of collaborative spirit.
1: Well, tell me more about being a learning community.
0: You know, Michael Simmons is absolutely the person who needs to be answering that question, and that's another (laughs) noon addition uh, to have Michael on there. But really what it is, I think it's identifying uh, a host of partners in the community who make a firm commitment to uh, collaboratively working together um, to offer uh, seamless education opportunities at at various junctures um, throughout the lifespan and it can be everything from uh, you know personal enrichment classes to uh, uh, degree seeking programs it can be adult education for seniors um, but it's it's done in a more formalized manner mm-hmm. and we've actually even gone so far as to propose um, a we've presented a white paper to the mayor and so we're that's on the table and that's something that we're hopeful that we can move forward on as as time moves on
1: okay people want to learn a little more today they still have 10 minutes to call us so the phone number is eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight, and 877 285 9348 and wfiu.org slash noon edition mary i didn't get a chance to uh to get an answer from you about about um, lifelong learning week are there any programs or anything planned in west lafayette
2: not that i'm aware of okay um, We have our classes at Morton Community Center, which was an elementary school that uh, the local Parks and Recreation uh, have bought. And this weekend is a big one for them. They have what they call Global Fest. Last night they had naturalization ceremonies and then – no. Today's Friday. Tonight they'll have naturalization um, ceremonies, and then tomorrow they will have booths and vendors with many ethnic groups represented. So, but we don't, and we partner with the Tippecanoe County Arts Federation, with the libraries, uh, with um, historical society. Uh, to present programs. But we, as Walla have nothing going on. Our classes don't start till mid-October. Mm-hmm. So right now we're gearing up mm-hmm. for fall.
1: So how long have you been doing this?
2: How long? <laughs> Since I was a child. I was <laughs> blonde and slim. Now, WALA started, uh, our first classes were the spring of 93. And we offer them then um, twice a year. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, all of you are very passionate about lifelong learning. And, I mean, I can tell that you are. Why why did you decide to get involved with it? I'm
2: working with my own age group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I used to (laughs) work with the gifted education programs at Purdue uh, with the smart little kids. Now I'm working with the smart old folks.
1: Older kids. Right.
2: I'm not supposed to call them old folks. My son who's in our department <laughs> says that's very unprofessional. But when you're that age, it doesn't bother me to uh-huh. be an old folk. It's sort of a distinction.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, do you ha- is there something that you want to learn? I mean, is there something what- – what's your next learning uh, experience?
2: Ask me later.
1: Okay. I won't I'll have- think about it. I only have five more minutes, but <laughs> –
2: I'll think about it.
1: Okay. All right. Um, so, Kyla, now that you're going to be running the, uh, new, the Leadership Bloomington Monroe County program, are, is there, any, are there any changes afoot?
3: Well, uh, you know, every year is different, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's it's partially steered by the director, but a lot of it is determined by the class. And so, I'm really excited to uh, see who is going to be in the class of 2012, and let them help steer their experience as well. Uh, we'll do it. We'll be doing a lot of the things that all of the alumni would be familiar with, but we will um, be focusing also on um, you know that group dynamic. Uh, they all do group projects in the class, and and so working on um, How you collaborate and create these uh, group projects within the community will be a really important part. And like I said, really, it's... It'll be quite the learning experience for me, not just the participants, because they bring so much to Mm -hmm. the class.
1: Well, the projects um, that you mentioned, uh, can you refer back to a few projects that people might be familiar with in the community?
3: Sure. Uh, Some people may have heard of the uh, New Philanthropist Group. That was something that was formed out of uh, Leadership Bloomington, Monroe County, Uh, basically a group of people who wanted to uh, create a giving circle, essentially, and um, be able to be philanthropic, but maybe they don't have the means to single-handedly um, make a, a large contribution. And then uh, we've also had um, the, uh, some work with the Birth to Five Coalition. Uh, a B is for Bloomington book that uh, targets children to help them learn about their community and also learn to read. And then uh, we also had a um, youth leadership uh, program that was developed during my class called Yeoman that uh, is happening in our middle schools. Mm-hmm. And the, the Boys and Girls Club of Ellettsville, I have to say something about that as an Ellettsville resident, uh, that the plans for that were formed in LBMC, and it is very much alive and well and, and very popular. Yeah,
1: Jeff Baldwin, was was he in your class? He was. He was very involved mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. Okay. Um, go ahead, Mary. I, I have an answer. Okay, good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I am really interested in refreshing my memory about past history, Um, the Civil War I just mentioned. um, We have a class coming up, it is a repeat about First Ladies. Um, We've always had ones about the presidents and that sort of thing. So I have forgotten more than I can remember, and so I guess I like to go back. And review those things. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also will be having a series um, about World War II, and that's always very popular. And since I lived through it, yes, I will be going to that. So I guess refreshing history would be what I want to learn, Mm -hmm. which it's sort of dumb. That's an oxymoron, isn't it? To re- <laughs> refresh history.
1: <laughs> well, do you have courses at the in, in elder hostel that are that are history related?
2: Um, no. Okay. Um, we focus uh, the programs that we the two programs that we have now are a choral workshop, and then a program that we call. All, produce all you can learn buffet. I
1: see, mm-hmm.
2: which is a smorgasbord of highlighting various departments and researchers. We will have some liberal arts and some historians, but. That isn't the main focus. Well,
1: if you get the weeks changed, you might want to come down to pilot's <laughs> program. Jim Madison, I know, is one of the more popular uh, sessions. That yes, you have, right? definitely. Yeah. You know, what, what does he teach during Mini universities? He
3: teaches yeah. courses on history, usually World War II.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. All, right. all right. And and Susie, in the last minute, I want to ask you the same question I asked Mary about. You know, you see all those courses that you have. <laughs> is there is there something that you're like on you know I know you're always sort of reinventing yourself in some way, so <laughs> is there anything that you that you're particularly interested in
0: <laughs> reinvention yeah um, you know we're offering a music theory class this fall that I would love to take. I grew up playing the piano, but did it begrudgingly because i always wanted to be a dancer and so i was always holding the music knowledge at bay and i would love to take that now and so i'm if that if the class doesn't fill i'm going to be the number 10 person in that spot
1: all right okay we are out of time i want to thank you all for being here i want to thank Susie graham and kyla cox and mary gardner for talking with us about lifelong learning. Next week, uh, our program is going to be about 9-11. And we'll be having the program on, uh, I guess, September 9th. Lee Hamilton is scheduled to be one of our guests, uh, one of the heads of the 9-11 Commission. So hope you'll join us for that. For my co-host, Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Rachel Lyon and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Also, Premier Ortho, a division of Premier Healthcare, helping people living with injuries and chronic back, spine, or joint pain to get back on their feet. Premier Ortho, 333-1933, online at mypremierortho.com.